Hey, this is Annie. And Samantha. And welcome to Stuff I've Never Told You, a production of iHeartRadio. And welcome, welcome, welcome to our new series. And I say series because we're going to be doing this weekly, which we are calling Sminty Happy Hour. Yes. And not only are we going to be happily talking, we're not talking for an hour though. So good news to that. It's going to be a short segment (laughs) in which we all get together and highlight some type of beverage, and it can be anything from your favorite soda to your favorite wines, taking your favorite beverage and sitting with us and talking about anything and everything. And of course, pertaining to women, duh. <laughs> and those who are identifying. And a couple of times a month, we will be highlighting specific women that are doing some cool, cool things in the beverage industry, whether that's actually in alcohol industry or those who are in the cocktail industry. And this can be including, I guess, for the lack of better terms, non-alcoholic beverages. Yep. So when we talk about anything from spritzers, people might like, you know, I love a good uh, Shirley Temple. That was one of my favorite drinks growing up, thinking mm-hmm. that I was super cool the sprite and the cherry did you yeah. do this oh no okay. <laughs> uh i oh i i don't know if you know this about me samantha there are five foods i don't like and one of them is cheating because it's a wide category but it's like artificial fruit flavor yeah i do know this about you because yes. we talked about this before mm-hmm. but i loved it growing up because i always felt fancy mm-hmm. so we are inviting you to take your beverage and sit with us as we talk about whether it is something in the industry the alcohol industry or the beverage industry or the food industry specifically for annie what yes. are you going to talk about oh uh well you know during my segments i, I i'm sure i will touch on a lot of nerd culture Love it. <laughs> yes and just things that are on my mind that are perhaps less researched less structured and um more I guess my opinion or what I've experienced right. and I believe that it will connect with you, the audience. For a teaser, the first one's called Dead Inside. Oh, <laughs> well, okay then. But yeah, yes. so we are so excited about doing this segment with you guys because we get to explore new things and hope that we can introduce you to new things as well as you introduce us to new things. Yeah, And specifically for the inauguration of our segment, we are going to talk about the McBride sisters and their amazing winery. So grab your drink, whether it is your favorite soda, whether it's just water, whether it's your favorite LaCroix, because I love a good LaCroix, Mm -hmm. or it is a wine, or whatever, whatnot. Grab your drink and sit down with us. Yeah, or whatever you do to relax. This is a Thursday kind of wind down from the week episode, and we want everyone to enjoy it. We don't want to leave anyone out. And also... As of yet, we will be clear if this ever changes, but these are not sponsored episodes. (laughs) (laughs) No money has been given. We're just trying to highlight women or other marginalized people doing cool things in the beverage industry. Right. And again, this is not all pertaining to beverage, but specifically for me, because I was a part of the brewing industry for a little while and I love it. And it's so sad to me that not enough women are recognized for it. Mm -hmm. And so highlighting what they do, highlighting what different women are doing, people who are marginalized, as you have said, are doing is something very important to us. Mm -hmm. And why not do it better than celebrating with their products, if possible? And they didn't give it to us. I don't even know if they know we're talking about it. So, (laughs) you know, but... If you know somewhere that we need to talk yeah. about, please let us know. Absolutely. Oh, yes. But to start off with, I am opening. I decided I'm going to open it 
on mic. Nothing so I'm will go my wrong. Bottle. Nothing is going to go wrong. Nothing's going to spill. Uh, yeah. Or um, nothing's going to break off. So I am currently opening up a bottle of red, and this is looking very precarious already. So it is. I'm really Listeners. glad it's not on video because this uh, is a sight to behold. Yeah. So, well, I did it. Yeah. Did you hear that? Pop. It said it. So I just opened up my bottle of wine from the Bright Sisters from their collection, Black Girl Magic, and I got the red blend specifically from California. And I'm going to go ahead and smell. Oh, that's nice. I'm going to go ahead. Glug glug glug. Oh, some sound effects. Glug glug glug. Producing our own foley right ASM, now. Right, we're doing our own. <laughs> ASMR, people. <laughs> All right. I just poured my glass. What do you have, Annie? I have the uh, Black Girl Magic Rosé, which is a beautiful kind of rosy salmon color. And I'm very, very excited because it smells lovely. Smells lovely. Yes, mine is very dark in color. Red. I'm trying to see the remnants. Leaves a little bit of lingering when you do a swirl. Oh, yes. Oh, the fingers? Yes. Uh-huh. But yes, we are today talking about the McBride sisters and their winery and how they came to be. And in just in case you are wondering, Annie, and everybody else out there, according to several different reports, there are at most 15% of women in this industry, in the wine industry. In California, which has the most winery and vineyards in the industry, has less than 10% women in the leadership positions. So put that in perspective to women of color and more so with black women, the number's even less. And I had a hard time trying to find all of these numbers because, of course, data's coming in around the world because vineyards exist everywhere, obviously, where they can grow the grapes. But there wasn't a lot of detail on women leadership positions. However, it is growing Mm -hmm. and there are women out there making some amazing accomplishments. And of course, These numbers don't include the sales or tasting room employees, which are a little higher, but specifically to the leadership positions. So specifically to the McBride sisters, Robin and Andrea, their story alone seems like a made-for-TV movie when I read about them. They were sisters living on the opposite ends of the world. One lived in New Zealand and one in California. But because of their father's dying wish, they came together. And then one of the things that they discovered that they had in common was their love of wine. Wow, which I thought was does, freaking cool, right? Yeah, that does sound like a movie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what? New Zealand and California and coming together? What? Mm-hmm. So in 1999, they came together in California and and started their venture in winery and launched their first wine production, which is called Eco.Love Wines. And then in 2010, started their own wine company called the McBride Sisters Wine. So if you go to their site, McBrideSisters.com, which you should, you can see their stories and get the newsletters for all their products and the things they are doing. And also have a wine club so you can get like specialties and it was really cool when i was looking through their different products they actually have new uh, i don't know if they're seltzers but can sparklings Mm -hmm. and it's called she can so that's even better so like i was like i I need those i need to get those right now Mm -hmm. so it's very fun but they have uh, been able to distribute a pretty far and wide as I got these uh, wines from our local grocery store. So it's our local co-op down the street from me. And they are really great. Westview Corner Groceries, what they're called. Uh, and they're really great in trying to get diversified products from different companies uh, and different groups. But they were able to grab this and it is in Georgia. So that's really fun to know. And they are distributing pretty wide and you can get it delivered through different uh, winery clubs type of thing. So mm-hmm. it is a little more accessible than some of the others, which is also why we wanted to go ahead and do this one is, A, we were able to get it. Yeah. 
because we know within the states, within the U.S., it's harder to get shipped alcohol. Mm-hmm. A lot of it is illegal. A lot of the interstate laws are very, very complicated. But we were able to get this as well as the fact that it celebrates something amazing, which is Black women taking on leadership positions in an industry that is fairly racist and sexist in itself. So, yay! Yeah. <laughs> also, just so you know, the Eco.Love, that production company, was specific to trying to be sustainable. And that is a big part of their winery and company, which I love. They try to do everything sustainably, which has been a really big conversation within that industry and how to keep it going in that manner and uh, observing that, A, it takes a lot out of uh, land to produce these wines, um, the type of things that they produce, as well as continued cultivation and the costliness. And then also we know in California, those fires... Oof, that have ravaged yeah. some wineries and completely destroyed a lot of crops. So they're trying to do so many things as sustainably as possible and as eco-friendly as possible. And I love, love, love that. Yes. Okay. Okay. So I'm really excited when it comes to these wines and drinking and talking about it. But as Annie and I both have said, we are not professionals. <laughs> no. Oh, heavens. I'm even on a so, food show and uh, no. We're recording these out of order, actually. Yes, yes. So, in the later one we're doing, you'll hear me go into why I'm so bad at describing taste. But just rest assured, I've gotten better, but it's I'll, I'm going to do my best. Yeah. And for me, I think as much as I love wines, mm-hmm. it's more of, I just love wine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Generally, if it's like not sweet, as and right. I, sometimes I even like sweet ones, but it's rare. But it is, right. that's yeah, essentially right. Like, okay, that's good. <laughs> I like tart over sweet, but yeah, we actually have already tasted one together. She and I, we decided to do a New Year's thing together, and we bought the. Black Girl Magic Brute Champagne. So we bought that and celebrated the year with that. And it was delicious, just to go ahead and put that out there. And the grapes were grown in New Zealand. So you see that connection for them bringing it home for their love of grapes and wines and growing up in their area. But it was a really nice, very subtle, and uh, very easy drinking, a little too easy drinking (laughs) for the bubbles. But it was a delightful way to bring in. We should have said that too. Yes. And yes, it was really nice to bring in the new year with such really good quality bubbles. And they have, they've won many awards for their different wines. But I am currently sipping on the red blend, as I said. So according to the scales, you know, the point scales for wine, which is like, this is some certain points. It's 90 points for their wine, as well as these grapes are grown in California. So it's kind of a nice little uh, change, as well as, I think, Amy, yours is too, right? Yeah, my the grapes are grown in California. Yeah, so very sustainable, beautiful. So I'm going to go ahead and take my sip. I'm going to take my sips. Hopefully I aired it out enough. I'm swirling. Swirling. <laughs> Have we mentioned we're not pros? We are not pros. I've been to a lot of wineries in my day, though, and they usually show you how to do the thing. Right. Uh, they do, too. They stare at you, and I'm like, I don't know if I'm doing this right. Yeah. Oh, wow. This is so nice. So I also sent this as gifts to my friends. Dominique is one of my friends from DJJ. And I got really close with her mother. I love her mother. Her mm-hmm. mother is Irma. She is a wonderful woman. And I sent it to her. And she made sure to tell me that it was easy drinking, delightful, and it made her Christmas. Aww. I don't know why I made that voice, but it was a perfect choice for her. But yeah, this is amazing. So their own uh, description of this is fruit forward, 
aromas of black cherry and fleshy red plum. It's smooth, full-bodied palate, has continuing notes of cherry, and it really does, and plum with added cedar and vanilla from the extended oak aging. The finish is round and luxurious with layers of perfectly balanced tannin on lush fruit. And yeah, the tannins are really subtle on this because that's the first thing I taste, obviously, in wines. And it is really subtle in it, but definitely hits you with the tartness of the cherry and plum. I taste Mm -hmm. that as like early fruit cherry, uh, where it's not quite sweet, sweet, but it's right there. So I love that. That is phenomenal. I can drink this with, uh, we just did some smoked pork. This would go delightfully with that. I will say that. I just realized, you know, this is... A problem I have on the other podcast I do is a lot of times, one, I love food descriptions because they are borderline, like you feel like you're reading something sexual or sensual. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like I love the word like serious in there. But also like the craving you induce when you can't have the thing that you're describing. So apologies, listeners, for that. Mm-hmm, uh, we mm-hmm, hope that whatever mm-hmm. you're enjoying, please send us your descriptions of what you're enjoying. Yes. I would adore that so much. Yes. Let us know. Eventually, I think we need to do this uh, as like a a Zoom meeting with our listeners to have a happy hour and let them tell us what they're drinking. Oh, gosh, that would be amazing. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So you have the rosé. I do. And it's also like the first sip was like wonderfully tart and full and then had this like, I don't know, a nice dry, it's hard to describe, but like a really nice finish. Uh, and then the second sip was mellower, but still very, very lovely. And the description from them about the rosé is, this sophisticated dry rosé has aromas of raspberry and orange blossom with delightful acidity and a mouth-watering fresh stone fruit and citrus palate. Yeah, I mean, I would say it's it's like lovely, very clean, and it, it makes me want uh, to be like sitting outside in a park or something. Yeah. Yeah. It makes me want to like be outside during the Dogwood Festival, being around those trees and having that kind of scent, that floral scent yeah. mm-hmm. that happens because that's beautiful. But yeah, these wines are kind of around $30. So for me, who likes my Trader Joe's two buck chuck, <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is a little fancier, but it's so sustainable. It's so delightful. It is definitely one of those wines that I could drink a lot of, but shouldn't because mm-hmm. I'm a responsible adult. And it's quarantine times. And we could also talk about women's alcoholism going up (laughs) during this pandemic, but we won't. But it is a really great wine. And I love what they're doing. And I love what they stand for. And I love that they're using something that is different as a way of having a platform. And I also really hate that it has to be a platform instead of just being like, we love making wine. Yeah. These wines are lovely. I'm glad that the industry is slowly changing. The McBride sisters are a part of that, even as, as we always say, slow going. But um, we are looking to highlight those changes in these happy hour episodes. Right. So yeah, let us know if there is a company or mixologist who are doing something creative because we definitely want to highlight what they're doing. We're going to try to mimic some of the cocktails (laughs) at home. If we can get those recipes, but we'll see. But we would love to hear what you guys are enjoying. Again, if it's just you making a seltzer. I remember for me when I was doing a dry January a long time ago, long, long, long time ago, spritzers with like whether it's uh, some kind of syrup or with the sparkling. One of my favorite things. And again, I love a LaCroix. Mm-hmm. I love those. So 
yeah, tell us what you're drinking. Tell us what you've been doing when we're not getting to get together for happy hour. I'm so sad. This is why I needed this. I needed us to be able to sit down and just talk and just talk about the good things and being excited about new things that people are doing today. And over on Savor, the other podcast I do, we had Julia Bainbridge on, and she has a book that just came out called Good Drinks, which is all non-alcoholic drinks, but they're like cocktails. And Mm -hmm. she's been a big part of that, of highlighting, like, it should be when you flip to the back of the menu that you have more options that aren't alcoholic other than soda and water. So... I'm glad to see that's happening. And if any of you have any cocktails or drink suggestions at all, I think we should bring back the Sminty Cocktail Challenge. What is the Sminty Cocktail? Send us your suggestions. Yes. Help us create a cocktail for Sminty. Yes. We need the Sminty Cocktail for sure. A signature drink, if you will. A signature drink. That sounds so fancy. And <laughs> uh, please send in the descriptions. I love very detailed descriptions of things that are like water with lemon in it. <laughs> a simple thing. I love it. Please send any and all suggestions to us. You can email us at stuff at iheartmedia.com. You can also find us on Instagram at stuffmomnevertoldyou you or on Twitter at momstuffpodcast. Thanks as always to our super producer, Christina. Thank you, Christina. And thanks to you for listening. Stuff I Never Told You is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. 